I, let me just try to preach a little bit, and then we'll, we'll do something else. And if you don't mind, you can be seated. Thank you, singers. I know you've sung out and played out and <laughs> playing these instruments and doing the work for the Lord, and we thank God for you. And it's good to see each one of you. It's good to see our good friend back there. Brother, it's good to see you make that move tonight. And God's for you. Man. Praise God. Stewart, is that right? Did I get that right? Okay. It's good to have you and your family with us tonight. And good to see each one of you in the house of God tonight. In the presence of the Lord. And praise God. Got your Bibles. Turn to Acts 17. I'll read one verse in you here, and I know you just, so I'm just going to read the one verse. And then we're going to see what the Lord will do from there. And if you don't want to do anything else, we'll go and fellowship in the back. <laughs> Praise God. Acts 17 and 28. For in him, in him, we live and move and have our being. That's where our existence comes from. This is where our strength comes from. This is who we turn to and call on, rely upon. It doesn't matter how small the situation is or how big it is. There's only one God. There's only one Savior. There's only one true deliverer and healer. Both of the body, the soul, and the mind. There's only one that can make us whole and only one that can keep us whole. And help us along this journey to, to win this race. And to be victorious. But there's a warfare that's going on. And it always has. Since the creation of man. And even from the garden. And this same warfare is going on. In this chapter right here. Paul was finally led to a place called Athens. And the hill called Mars Hill. And there. A man is heading up. Of the spiritual warfare of France. And of what's going to take place. But Paul's making it clear here. Until all that's on Mars Hill. Huh, that God has no need of our hands. Or our tabernacles that our hands build. That God doesn't dwell in these type of tabernacles. But he dwells in earthen vessels such as yours and mine. And this is where he takes up a seat. And this is where he manifests himself, declares himself. 
That's the reason you I becomes, as the writer puts it in one place, the spiritual epistles that's read and known of all men. You and I are the ones that takes the church out of the highways and the byways. We take it on the hilltops that the devil thinks he's got. And demonical forces and powers of evil. We're the one that takes it down old dingy roads and places where people think they're hid out and forgotten. But something about God, as we follow his orders and his direction, leads us to these individuals. For in him we live and move and have our being. As certain also as your own poets have said. For we are his offspring. We're his offspring. We're the offspring of this almighty God. And as a writer put it. We're not going to bow to no other. We're not going to confess to no other. But our minds and hearts and souls are sold out tonight to serve this one. God, we love you tonight. We're so thankful for the power and the presence of God that's unveiled itself in this service tonight. No doubt many have been touched and moved upon by the power of your presence and the power of your touch. There's not an affliction. There's not a disease. There's not a heart, there's not a mind, there's not a vessel in this house tonight that you cannot minister to if we'll open up our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. If we'll come with a hunger and with a desire to want to be changed, to want to be touched, to want to be visited upon. So we have sung the song already tonight. God, when you move in the room, Dead things come alive. Hope begins to rise up in us. Determination and love and passions and old fashions of loving you and serving you, God. Help us here tonight. Lord, our minds, loose our tongues. Help us feed your lamb, feed your sheep. Help us here tonight, God, in the next few minutes to bring something into their hearts, their minds, and in their spirit that will help them in the world that they're living in tonight. In Jesus' name. Lord bless you and you may be seated. <laughs> Hebrews 12 and 9 also taught us. And in that particular scripture. We're actually about correction. And talks about. Our earthly fathers and fathers of flesh, but then talks about the heavenly father, the father of spirits. As we look at this tonight and we come to the understanding of who we are, I believe I'm speaking to a group of people tonight that, that believes in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. That believes that we are the sons of God. Not of our own doings or our own powers. But as John wrote unto us. And I'd like to just liken it to that. And, and, but in John's writings here. In John 
1.10. He was in the world. But the world. And the world was made by him. And the world knew him not. His own creation. Didn't know him. Didn't recognize him. Didn't realize that he was the Messiah. Didn't realize that he was the Christ. Even though as we follow along further in John's writings and go to the fourth chapter, it's clear to us that many had heard of him from all walks of life. The third chapter and the fourth chapter of John helps us to understand the two spectrums of life from one extreme to the other. As they come and was introduced or he came to them, he introduced himself as the Messiah. As that one that was going to bring revival. That one that was going to bring healing. And miracles and wonders and signs. But as many as received him. To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believed on his name which were born not of the blood, nor of the will of the flesh, but of the will of, nor of the will of man, but of God. Born of God. It's going to be those that mock. It's going to be those that make light. And could it be before this journey is over with and even the rapture of the church? That were even in this nation through doctrines of men and ideas of men that tried their best to build walls, establish doctrines, trying to unite humanity with all different faiths and different walks and joining them together. Realizing that the power of this and the operation of it that through this deception that there will be more deceived and lost than those that wind up out in the world and don't claim to be nothing. Don't claim to be a Christian of any type or shape or form. But if God's for us, who can be against us? As the sons of God, as disciples of Jesus Christ, with our hearts committed, our lives dedicated, coming to that realization and understanding of this end time, that really the only thing that really matters, even throughout the week, is what takes place in this local assembly. What happens and what is associated with this church and what the outcome of it's going to be. When the old fashions, old desires begin to rise up in us, I'd rather be in the house of God than any other place I'd want to be. 
Brad Ford mentioned something to me the other day, Brother Brown, from up toward Laurel, had made mention to him the other day. Brother Brown's about, I think, I got my numbers right, about 90, 91, somewhere in that ballpark. It's the same Brother Brown, I think I remember meeting him years ago with either with Brother, Brother Buford or Brother Fuquay, somebody. We went up there. It's been a long time pastoring that church in that time. But he told, he told Brother Brad, he said he'd come under Brother J.T. Pugh. Said he went, he went to pastoring and trying to do a work for God. Said Brother J.T. Pugh told him. He said, Brother, he said, if you want revival, said it'll take the minimum of four hours a day of prayer. Four hours a day. Bear with me, okay? You don't have to even respond to this. It'll be all right. How many likes to talk? How many likes to get in conversations and Likes to life and have fellowship and enjoy fellowship and enjoy the atmosphere of it and the uplifting of it. I know I'm not going to get 100% here. I love to talk and I love to have conversation. But I've reached a place in my life tonight that I want to have more pleasure. Not necessarily more pleasure. But let me put it this way. As much pleasure in talking to God And having fellowship with him. As I would any other fellowship. That I can be caught up in. This could be a, a real weakness on my part right here. But I find it hard to understand how that we can have no problem. Talking to one another and having fellowship with one another. And talk for hours. Even in the late hours of the night. But when it comes time for prayer. And have fellowship with God. We can't seem to open our mouths. We can't seem to get involved in it. And wrapped up in it. Caught up in it. Knowing that we're talking to the lover of our soul. Knowing that we're talking to the one that we live and move and have our being, our existence by. Without his favor, without if we can acknowledge it or not, don't make any difference. Paul made it clear unto those on that hill that day. And, and Luke didn't go into the writings of telling us 
But I just couldn't help but ponder and wonder. I just wonder how many altars that Paul had walked by that was given unto one God or another. Sun gods and moon gods. Never God that could be thought of. Possibly gods that Paul had never even heard of and some that he was familiar with that man had made. And and man was willing to bow down to those altars, give themselves unto that, that, that they was willing to climb mountains. They was willing to, to go through trials and difficult situations to claim credit to these gods. They was willing, and, 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 and after all of that, they still build an altar. And because they wanted to be so careful, and because this is all they done every day, was, was either saying or listening to new things that was going on. But here on Mars Hill, if you read back a few cities prior, places that Paul had been driven out for preaching the gospel, going into the synagogues, going into the marketplaces, carrying the good tidings, carrying the gospel, demonstrating the power of the Spirit, some believing and some wouldn't. Some of the Jews would pull in of the lesser sort, as the Bible would put them. Pull in evil men. And they would drive out Paul from one village, one city to the next. And now he finds himself, amen, at Athens. And at Athens, he poses a question and brings it to their attention about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And they look at him as though some strange doctrine that he has brought unto them. And that they, they don't quite understand this but they they're willing to listen and they're willing to hear him and willing to take time and this is when they take him to put him bring him on Mars Hill and as he makes his way up Mars Hill he sees this inscription upon one of their altars unto this unknown God and he takes that altar that he talks about that you worship ignorantly unbeknowing unaware but you worship him amen you're fulfilling a purpose and a call amen one way or the other everybody is you see I believe in the grace of God has appeared unto all men but it's up to the individual to have a hunger and a passion and watch this Paul's writings in Philippians talks about it's God that puts that will in us and the ability to do it so if I don't have the will or the ability you know what I'm going to do I'm going to pray God give me that will give me that passion give me that desire God if I've allowed things to slip in and rob me in the nighttime and rob for me the passion and desire to serve you and have fellowship with you. Amen. With a crowd or without a crowd. Amen. I want those private times and inventions. Amen. I tell you, it's in those private times that Paul, amen, had those visitations from God. He didn't know if he was in the body or out of the body. It's in those private times and three years that God instructed him, that God enlightened him. I get so sick and tired of being so ignorant and you know we depend on men hallelujah and then the men they can't even get their minds made up you don't believe that start really studying this bible here is put out by one God men men of like faith I doubt 
that all of you agree with everything they put in this book. Get you one, if you don't believe me. Take this time to start studying it and reading it. But you know what? We got the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost can train us. The Holy Ghost can lead us. I'm really concerned. And maybe it's all me. Maybe it's just all me. Maybe it is. But I know this much. I know enough. And I'm going to give you some scriptures tonight. That if we'll humble ourselves and give ourselves to God. We're going to win this race. We're going to win this battle. And there's going to be some souls delivered. And there's going to be some notable miracles and wonders and signs. There's going to be some powers of enemy. A man that's not going to win this battle. Amen. I'm telling you, it's God's will. We shouldn't have to go to the doctors every time we turn around. I'm telling you, God's setting the stage, ladies and gentlemen, that that medical field is not working like it once did. And I know I'm just an old, ignorant country boy. Don't have much, much knowledge and education. But I'm telling you, God's setting the stage. And it's a shame, but I'm telling you, God's had to do it time after time. Get his people in a place they didn't have no other place to go. Even this nation can remember a time when it wasn't easy to find a doctor. But you know what they could find? They could find themselves out in the woods. And it was a common practice, amen, some 50 years ago that you could walk out, amen, in the evening time or in the nighttime. It wasn't an uncommon thing to hear individuals, both men and women out praying somewhere. Amen. Having a wallowed out place and wore out stuff. They didn't have special rooms. They didn't have special lights. They didn't have special music. They didn't have this or nothing else. But they had God and a love for God and a hunger for a move for God. And that's the reason. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Amen. He went on and he told Brad, I'm telling you, this has stirred me up. I've read of these things. I know what I'm talking about. He said that sometime, Brother J. A.T. Spew would walk to that pulpit, never lift his head, but drop his head and just start praying and weeping. And he said before it was over with, not saying one word to the congregation, he said the whole congregation would be on that floor weeping and crying and crying out to God. He said we leave that service after about an hour or two of that. He said you've never felt so clean in all your life. you never felt so purged in all your life. I'm telling you the church needs a brand new washing a brand new cleansing there's too much harboring of bitterness and envy and strife but God can cleanse us but God can purge us but you and I have got to reach a place that we want it we want it we got to be more than entertained we got to entertain the spirit of God got to get back to that place that I want to entertain the spirit hey this gathering's about the spirit of God moving here not the power of God moving here I'm going to say this again tonight you get the right power of God moving this house 
you won't sit in here with your mind 10,000 miles. You won't be distracted by things. There'll be a fear and a reverence. But that's the atmosphere we got to have to see the Holy Ghost baptize this place and give us souls. So when those come in here that's full of addictions and full of the power of the world, they can find deliverance. Amen. This is how they're going to find it. So I'm telling you, we know a rock. We know a rock by the name of Christ that we can crawl upon. And that rock's likened into strength and power and authority. It's calling on the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you and come back to preach to us again tonight. Amen. The scripture. Amen. I read some scriptures just again. Calling on his name. Calling on his name. That's the most powerful thing you can do. It's more powerful than speaking in tongues. I'm telling you the devil and carnality has got their tongues. But I'm telling you there's only one real reverence and one real submission. Calling on the name of Jesus. The power. Amen. The Bible hadn't taught me that power's in tongues. Amen. Let me help me out. All power in heaven and earth is given to what? To his name. we got to suffer for the name's sake. The power and authority is in the name. The cleansing comes in the name. Hallelujah. When you don't have time to call on nothing else, you call on the name. And that's all you need to call on. And whenever you call on the name, all of God shows up. All these authority and power to liberate and deliver us. We need an old-fashioned love for the name and what it represents and what it how it affects us. How long to spend when you heard the name and it moves something on the inside of you. There's no doubt in our minds tonight God's been good to us. He's been good to us. He's been good to this church. He's been good to America. Amen. There's nobody like this God. Nobody like this Savior. Amen. I heard a little portion of something today that got my attention. This guy made mention that in this end time, the power of confusion. And how the enemy's using all different type of weapons. Guess what one of the things he named? COVID. Taking the shot. Causing confusion. Now watch this. Causing confusion to mom. The Christians. <laughs> what about uh, your environment? One thing after another. God can't work in the midst of confusion. But I tell you what, when we walk in this place with our hearts and our minds made up, not my will, but thy will, God. Thy will. It really doesn't matter to me, God. I just want your will in this house, in this service. I want every soul to be blessed. I want every life to be ministered to. Those that don't have the Holy Ghost, I want them to get under such conviction and come to that realization. Amen. Not, not just, you know, I got to have it. No, I want it. There's a difference. How many of you pay taxes because you want to? 
Now, I'm one of them guys. I don't have nearly the biggest problem paying taxes to some people. I'll be honest with you. I don't. You got to support this country. That's, and that's another spirit and attitude that we've got into. We're in a, we went in a world today that they want this country to support them. And you can't, this country can't support everybody. Somebody's got to give. Huh. And I, I'm, I'm going to leave that one alone because I can feel not of you. I'm just talking about where I, things I might say. So I'm going to leave it alone. Could have went to Job, the 12th chapter, and he talks about, as he relates unto his friends, and he, he tells them, he said, when y'all die, wisdom's going to die. No doubt he was being a little sarcastic there at the beginning of that chapter of them. But he goes on down, he begins to talk about the hand of God. And all of life is in the hand of God. That was the real essence. In other words, Job was convinced even though there would be times in his life and others' lives, a man of understanding, a man, the power of God, a man, the, the power, a man of omnipotence, that's the sovereignty of God, especially when you're on the block, when you're the one being tested, tried, and where you're at, God, and, and, and the struggle that you're in, and but to be able to persevere, to be able to press on, to be able to, to keep that tongue where it belongs and, and not to charge God foolishly and to still have trust and confidence. You know why? Because we live and move and have our being by him. I put one step in front of the other because of his goodness and grace and mercy. If he took his hand off of me one day, I wouldn't make it one day without him. I wouldn't make it. Hallelujah. I don't, have, I don't stand a chance against the devil. I don't stand a chance against the spirits of this world and against the wicked ones. But if, if I put my trust and confidence in him, he's going to see us through. So I'm going to read a few scriptures here. It may be just a little different here tonight, but, but let's just see what's going to unfold here. Thy mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. And thy faithfulness reaches unto the clouds. Thy righteousness is like the great mountains. <laughs> thy righteousness, thy mercy and kindness. It, it's as high as the, the sky. It's high as the clouds. There's more. It's in abundance. There's more than enough. When we really understand who we're serving. When we really get a revelation of who's working on our behalf. And whenever we really get it into our hearts and into our minds and into our spirit. Amen. Did you know what? God's for me. Who can be against me? And you know what? My brother's not against me. My sister's not against me. The only one that's really against me is the devil himself. But I'm telling you, amen, God, amen, is going to give me the strength and the anointing. I'm going to keep him and put him under my feet where he belongs. Victories in this house. I'm telling you, I'm not going to slip away from that. We're going to see victory. We're going to see one right after the other by the mercy and grace of God because his mercy and grace and compassion is high as the clouds, as high as the heavens. It's more than a Abundance, amen. And he's 
working for us. He's moving for us. He's orchestrating, directing us in the powers of his riches, in the powers of his life. We may still be a little old fogey in some ways we do things, but I'm telling you that just some ways we're just simply not going to go that direction. But we want the love of God, the anointing of God, the power of God in this house. We want the heart-transforming power of God that changes us forever. Writer goes on, he says, how excellent is thy loving kindness. O God, therefore the children of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Another place it talks about, I didn't, I didn't pull that. Abiding under the shadow of the Almighty. When we really let these scriptures and the truth of them inscribed on our hearts, minds, and our spirit. Folks, we really don't have a whole lot to worry about except pleasing him. Except disciplining ourselves to keep his commandments and statutes and laws. Except loving him with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind and loving my, my neighbor as myself <laughs> caring for him reaching out the sure goodness of God in our hearts tonight Isaiah put it this way <laughs> behold God is my salvation I will trust and not be afraid. I'll tell you something. We don't impart this into the hearts and the souls of these children that's coming up. They're fixing to face a world, honey. They don't know, they're not gonna know what's up or what's down. Because everything that man's put his trust in from the White House down. Is crumbling out from under us. I'm not downing the White House. I'm not downing your sheriff and deputies and law enforcement and all the rest of it. But it don't hold the standards it did at one time in this country. But neither does the house of God. Neither does ministers and teachers and officials. So what's going to be the outcome of that? When you can't put your trust in, in anyone. Anyone in position. Or in places of authority. When your babies. Why do you think the families have been under such attack to destroy them? And raise them up without a, a father. Or raise them up without a mother. And just let them do what they want to do. When they want to do. With no discipline and no correction. No guidance. Huh. That's the reason we need. Watch this. For the Lord Jehovah is my strength and my song. He also is become my salvation. 
Salvation is a term also that means deliverance. How often did he tell Israel, I brought you out of Egypt. I delivered you out of bondage. I brought you out of the iron gates. I set you free. How many has ever been set free by God? I'm talking how many has ever really been set free by God. How many knows that, hey, I've been delivered. I've been set free. I was in bondage, but God delivered me. Hey, if you're catching on that, you better go back and visit God. That could be the problem right there. You've never really been delivered. You've never really been set free. That's a reason, amen, you're still in a struggle. You're still in a battle. Because you really hadn't had an encounter with this almighty God. I'm telling you, when you have an encounter with Jesus Christ in the baptism, you come up as a new creature. I don't care what everybody else says. I don't care about else's opinion. You can't live a two-fold life, our life. Amen. Have the Holy Ghost ruling and reigning in your life and give you the liberty that you need and the passion and desire to worship and magnify God. I mean, I'm just going to tell you like it is. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to be ugly. But I'll tell you right now, Holy Ghost filled people is not nonchalant and half-hearted about this deal. They know what it done for them. I was in bondage. I tried to throw those small barrels down so many times I couldn't do it. But when God stepped in, honey, it wasn't a big deal. But God's got to step in. That's a problem today. Nobody wants God to step in. Because God's going to go to step in the way God can step in. I really feel I'm bucking some things in the spiritual realms here. We just need an old-fashioned of the Holy Ghost to baptize us, saturate us. I watch too many sits in the chairs and the move of God, and your expression never changes. And the presence of God can't change your expression. On your countenance. Again, Isaiah says, You can be seated. I'm just going to. I'm just trying to help us. I'm just trying to get us to realize any other place that I find joy, probably one of the things I find some joy in is deer hunting, fooling with deer dogs. About six weeks of that, I'm sick of it. I'm burnt out. I'm ready. Hey, put the dogs up. Let's, uh, I don't want to go understand. I don't do nothing. I'm done. But there's something about the house of God. There's something about the move of the Holy Ghost. There's something about feeling that presence. It doesn't matter to me if we're in the house of God. If I'm driving down the road. If I'm in my own just at the house. I love to feel the presence of this almighty God. There's something about feeling his presence, Brother Randy. That puts a comfort in us. That puts a confidence in us. That puts an energy in us. That puts a life in us. Could it be the absence of the presence of the Lord? It's the sweet we're so depressed and down out as the living God. The church of the living God. Isaiah says, coming to the wells, another place it talks about, he is the fountain of life. He is the fountain, man. He is the source. This is what's got to be ingrained into their hearts and their minds and their spirit. God is the fountain. God is the source of life. God is your ever-present help. 
God is the strength of your soul and the strength of your mind. Amen. And I know the Christian world has robbed us of this. Amen. But he's your personal savior. And nobody's saved without him. Amen. You've got to be connected to the vine. Nobody can make it by themselves. We've got to be plugged up. We've got to be hooked up. Amen. To the vine. Amen. But through Jesus Christ and by Jesus Christ, even Paul says, I can do all things. I know we're living in a wicked hour. I know we're living in a wicked generation. But this generation, if we can get it imparted in your hearts and their souls and mind, God is a source of your life. God is a source of your joy. God is a source of your peace. Your peace. God is the answer to every situation and to every dilemma. Yeah, I'm telling you, the house of God is the place to go. It doesn't matter what kind of problem you've got. It doesn't matter what kind of devil you say. Okay, the house of God is a place to come running. But if we're not careful, we get offended a little bit. This is the first place. We don't want to come. It amazes me. I'm going to leave that alone. <laughs> we may hit on it sometime. Psalmist 83 and 18. I know I'm bypassing some things. Well, let me back back up. Let's go to the song and, and the prayer, the song of Moses and the children of Israel in Exodus 15, 1. And Moses and the children of Israel, this song unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and his rider hath he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. Hallelujah. I'm sure you're just like me. Before my feet ever hit the floor, he's the first thing on my mind to give honor and praise and glory. God of your goodness and grace and mercy. And God help me somewhere along this day, I take out some real time. Amen. In prayer and in counseling and in loving you, shoving everything else aside. Help me not to be so busy and I have been. But by the help of God, this old boy's going to find a place. He's going to get where he can come to this house and spend a time like he ought to. Praying interceding for revival. Praying interceding for a move of God. I tell you there's a price that's got to be paid. And I'm reaching a point and a place in my heart, mind and spirit. I'm willing to pay it. I find a joy and a peace and a comfort here and assurance and promises and promises and promises. Amen. Coming to this house and calling on God and calling on the move of the Holy Ghost. We got to have it folks. We got to have it ladies and gentlemen. I'm telling you. We gotta have it. It'll take some of this this edge off of us. It'll take some of the sharpness that's here out of us. Brother <laughs> Randy, I'm walking more than what they realized tonight. <laughs> it really will. That Holy Ghost, man, it'll make us check us. <laughs> it'll make us come to that realization. I care what people think. I care about your ideas. I care about how they feel about me. 
Amen. Because you know what? If I'm doing things like that, amen, then I'm not walking where God wants me to walk. Now, if they don't not like me just because I'm standing for truth, that's one thing. We're still going to stand for truth. Now, watch Paul, what he's saying. When he went up on the side of that, we're not going to bow our knees to no other. We're not going to make confession to no other. But he took that altar to that unknown God. And he began to preach it to them, Jesus Christ. Amen. As the Messiah. As a one, amen, that the heavens and the earth was formed and made by him. That's the reason God don't need a building. Not by man's hand. Hallelujah. God don't have to have this church. God don't have to have beautiful facilities. And we want them. And we're going to invest in them. And I want to invest in them. I want to buy a field. I want to build some buildings. I want to raise up these children. Amen. I want to start their day out with prayer. And not just a little, little, little get me by prayer. And want to just kind of made up and, and spend a few minutes in silence. No, I'm talking about old-fashioned move of God. I'm talking about the breath of God moving on. I'm talking about speaking in tongues, the spirit of God giving us up. I'm talking about putting a hunger and desire inside them. God help us here tonight. Psalms 118. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. The voice of rejoicing and salvation is in the tabernacle of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord doeth violently. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord doeth violently. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. I'm not going to die. I'm not going to be defeated. I'm not just going to roll over. No. Amen. I know this Jehovah God. I know this right hand that the prophet, amen, the prophecy was coming through, amen, in Psalms here. We know him through the name of Jesus Christ. We know what he can do for us. We know how he can heal our bodies. We know how he can fight our fights. We know we can find where our strength is at. Hallelujah. Where our perfection's at. It's... Can I say this without being ugly today? If some of us would work as hard on our soul as we work upon our bodies and trying to impress people with our bodies, hello, this body, amen, is going back to the dust. This body, the best, is going to live 100 years. But our soul is going to live out eternity somewhere. We need to get more concerned about our soul than about our bodies. It's temple. It doesn't matter. All the hairdos and all the different things. Billions of dollars are spent. <laughs> can, I, can I say that? Look at our world. You don't think we don't have idols? You don't think we don't have things we worship? I want you to do something. Next time you're driving down and through the places. I want you to look at what kind of buildings we got built. I want you to see where our money's going. We got more coliseums than holding by the thousands. We got worship centers to play our ball in, have our dances in, have gatherings. <laughs> We have put millions and millions of dollars. I talk about it in general now. 
But we'll drive by too many little churches. High painted. No shrubbery. Not a whole lot of heart put into it. I'm talking in general here. I'm just telling you like it is. We put millions of dollars in other places. Spend millions of dollars in other areas. We'll drive miles and miles and miles and won't think twice about it. To go and entertain ourselves. Entertain flesh. And I'm not against doing some of those things. It's time for it. But I'm here to tell you, I'm never going to mum and complain. If I can get up at 5 o'clock in the morning or 4.30 in the morning and get unload up some pair of dogs and, and get on a dog stand, I'm not going to be late at 10 o'clock or 9.30 on a Sunday morning. If I can get up five days out of the week and be at work on time and before time, before 7 o'clock, you're never going to see in the record books that I'm late on a Sunday morning. Amen. Because I'm telling you, your actions, your actions tells you who's the Lord of your life, who's a savior of your soul. We can say what we want to and you get mad at me if you want to. But I'm telling you our actions makes all the difference in the world. But we get our actions right. I'll tell you right now we'll be building a new building. We'll be buying land. We'll be at to build something bigger. Because when you get the power to go and God in this house, they're gonna come. When the lame go to walking out of here. When the blinded eyes and their eyes are open go walking out of here. When the drug addicts go walking out of here delivered. Amen. When the devil, the full of the devil walks out of here, set free and delivered. I tell you, you won't contain this place. There's nothing like it. I just, I just, I just know it'll happen. I just know it'll take place as we love and worship. Isaiah 26 and 4, trusting in the Lord forever. Keep trusting him. I know the battles get long sometime. The struggles get hard. But I'm going to trust him. I'm going to be a winner either way. I'm going to be a winner. <laughs> read, read Hebrews 11. Everybody, everybody didn't get their deliverance. Everybody's prayer wouldn't answer like they wanted to. But they died with a report of faith. I'd rather die trusting God than compromise and lose out. And gain the favor of men. And the opinions of men. <laughs> I'd, rather, I'd rather stand true. In his love and his compassion and his mercy. For in the Lord Jehovah is an everlasting strength. Anybody want any strength? <laughs> yeah, how many of you got all the strength you want? Or well, some of you didn't respond to the first one. I figured, well, maybe you should respond to the second one. <laughs> maybe you don't have the strength to respond to either one. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> you know what the psalmist said? The Lord is an everlasting strength. The Lord is an everlasting strength. 
Amen. He's a help. He's a present. He's a present help in the time of trouble. He's a lifter. He's the way maker. He's the provider. He's the one that a guide us. I'm not trying to jump on nobody. I'm just simply telling you, let's don't listen to the lying devils. Let's don't listen to the lying world. This is the best life there is to live. We'd be better off coming here partying and having a good time in the house of God. I'm telling you the casinos can't touch this. I'm telling you the barrooms can't touch this. I'm telling you the ball games can't touch this. I'm telling you the activities of the world can't touch this. Hallelujah. There's nothing like coming to this house and the power of God and the glory of God and the power of the Holy Ghost moving. You give enough the power of God. I'm going to tell you what, a lot of sinus problems, a lot of other sickness, they'll start fading out. Preacher, you're just walking. You're just getting way out there. God don't have no problem taking care of his darlings. He didn't have no problem drawing the line for the Israelites. Did the rest of the world know who was his darlings and who was his baby? I serve that same God in this house tonight. Get off our excuses and laziness saying, I'm going for it. I'm going to believe God for it and I'm going to fight for it. That's one thing that's wrong with us. We ain't made up in our minds. I'm going to get it, whatever it takes. We used to, we used to crawl to these altars. We used to crawl through the sawdust, crying and screaming. We didn't care what anybody thought. We wanted the God that we was feeling. We wanted him to captivate our hearts, our minds, and our spirit, and change us forever. That's what this God will do to you. God hadn't changed. He's still in the changing business. He's still in the healing business. He's still in the delivering business. <laughs> Praise God. When you go to Deuteronomy, amen, 32, 4, and 12, he is, he is the rock. His work is perfect. Rock, amen. It's really a word that expresses a power and of stability. Is our nation stable tonight? Is the most people around us stable tonight? What about us? Are we stable tonight? Have we watched our conversations? And in those trying times, I wonder what would happen to some of us if if we was fixing to be thrown into a den of lions. Well, when I emptied out my 30 out 6 my 30-30, my... <laughs> I got no 9 millimeter. <laughs> they might get me there. Uh, Daniel didn't have no problem. He knew where his strength was at. He knew who was his keeper. And besides that, if the lions eat him up, he said, I'd, I'd much rather be ate up with lions for God than bow my knee to images and doctrines that's damnable to my soul. It's going to rob me. You know what? We don't hear the preaching about hell and eternity as much as we probably should. Amen. What's the other outcome? There's no purgatory. I mentioned that this morning. That's a doctrine made by man. There's no in-between. There's no halfway. Now they're coming up with some of them saying there's no hell. Some of them trying to tell them, oh, it's going to happen. It's going to burn up. But I'm telling you, that's where the worm's going to die. If not, it's going to live out in eternities. And there's no exit. That's the only place where there's no exit. In that place, hallelujah. We could, our people spend a lot of money on getting exit signs up. Amen. When a building catches on fire. But I'm telling you, there's no exit signs 
in hell. No, Jesus Christ can pull you out of there. God's not going to pull you out of there. Nobody's going to be able to pull you out of there. And it's up to you and I to make up in our minds. I'm not going. God paid a price. God's made a way. He's opened up a door. He's made a way. I don't have to go there. I don't get it made up in my mind, heart, and soul. I'm going to do like Paul. I'm going to beat my body black under subjection, under submission. I'm going to get over my attitude. I'm going to get over my bad spirit. Hallelujah. I'm going to get right with God. I'm going to get right with my brothers and sisters. I'm going to pull. I'm going to draw. I'm going to draw out of the way of salvation. Amen. Until I know I'm delivered and I'm being set free. It's really what you drink. It's what you ingest. It's what you take in. That's when you have to watch what you set before you. I sure you have to watch what you let these little ears. Well, we, we sung it when we was babies. But you know, when we get adults, you know, we can handle them adult drinks. We can handle them adult conversations. Yeah, right, you're right. We can't, can we? We can't. When we know that, we can't. We really can't. As he goes on here, let's stand. I'm about through. Come on, musicians. Y'all come on. I'm, I've, I've blundered around up here. They have corrupted themselves. Their spot is not the spot of his children. They are a perverse and a crooked generation. Do we thus require to repay the Lord, O foolish people and unwise? Is not he thy father that hath, both, hath bought thee? Hath he not made thee and established thee? We've been bought, folks. We've been bought with a price. We got our minds made up. Who we're going to serve tonight? Who we're going to believe in tonight? Who we get get of our lives and our hearts and our time and effort to? I know we're living in a busy world and a lot of activities going on. But I'll tell you something. Let's always keep this to the forefront. Living for God, serving the master, seeking ye first the kingdom of God, becoming a soul winner. Anybody been praying that? God, make me a soul winner. Hallelujah. Well, I got about two hands out of that. Two hands out of about 60 people in this church. That worries me. That worries me. I'm telling you, that worries me. Amen. Because if we're not soul-minded, we're not going to grow. But if we get soul-minded and we get to the attitude, God, I want to come, amen, before you. I want to win some souls. I want to be a part of winning some souls. I want to be a part, amen, of revival. I want to be a part, amen, of of touching lives and touching hearts and doing what I can, amen. And we're not compromising anywhere, any matter whatsoever. But we believe in, in the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. We're believing in the baptism, the power of God. I get a song ready. Amen. Paul's writings in Philippians 2. I've done made mention of this. How that God which worketh in you both to will and to do. Of his good pleasure. He says do all things without mumbling and disputings. That he may be blameless and harmless the sons of God. Without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. Among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Church. We're the hope of this community. We're the hope for our families. And the families of this community. We're the hope. As we hold on to this. We give ourselves to it. 
what I'm trying to encourage you about tonight. I don't care if you're having financial problems. I don't care if you're having spiritual problems. I don't care if you're having physical problems. I don't care what problems you've got. If you're a vessel of God, if you'll get a hold of God and just keep bombarding him and talking to him, I'm telling you, he's going to see you through. He's your rock. He's your strength. He's your helper. And I'm telling you, he's looking down from the heavens, and he's observing and watching us as we deal with the world around us. Amen. I'm telling you, my mind, I'm still persuaded tonight. This is the answer. This is the answer. Trying to find you some new medication, trying to find some new doctor, trying to find this or finding that. No, I know where the answer is. That's my Lord Jesus Christ. That's the house of God. That's praying on a regular basis. That's indulging myself in the Word of God, reading the Word of God, reading the Word of God, spending hours, amen, reading and, and, and implanting it into my spirit and my heart and soul and mind, memorizing, amen, becoming more effective to tell others and be a light unto others about the power of the written word of God that changed me and will change you. If it'll change me, you know what? It'll change anybody else. It'll change us. The power of this word. The power. We live and move and have our being by him. He's the one. Paul put, simply put it this way. As they begin to sing in this house tonight. I am what I am by the grace of God I don't deserve it you don't deserve it we can't even earn it but you know what we can allow that grace that grace work on us in a different way a different power giving us a strength and energy a fortitude why am I concerned about this tonight because I see a weariness a man that's hovered down over us and not just here but across our lands I see a weariness a man that's got a hold of us we got to tap into where our strengths at we got to tap in where our energy's at we got to tap into that one a man that'll gird up our minds and gird up our hearts and gird up our bodies even a man to finish this course with to finish this journey with hey it takes a real passion a real desire and I'm telling you something, you can't just be half-hearted, nonchalant. You gotta lift up your voice. I'm telling you, if you're drowning tonight, hallelujah, would you just say, help me, somebody help me. Somebody. No, no, you'd scream it, you'd scream it. Help! God, I need help. I need your visitation. I need your baptism. God, I needed your visitation. We sung it already tonight. As he fills the room, and I believe he has. Let's let him fill up our hearts tonight. Let's let him fill up our lives tonight. Let's leave this house different than what we came.
I give myself. I give myself. I give myself.
my life is not my own. To you I belong. I'm bought with a price. So I give myself to you. I give it to you, Jesus. No, my life is not my own. But to you I belong. I give myself. I give it. I give myself to you. I give it to you, Jesus. I just give myself away. I give it all away. Can you do it? Can you do it? Can you do it? The question is, can you do it? I give myself to you. Or do you love your crutches? You love your crutches. You want to halt upon those things. Because it's easier to keep the crutch than to change. I'm used to the crutch. So it's easier to keep the crutch than to stay, take a step in faith and believe and trust God and throw the crutch away. Thank you, Pastor Moore. He was right. He's right. Right. Hallelujah. Told the man sick of the palsy, take up thy bed and walk. Bartimaeus, when he came to him, threw away the beggar's coat. He said, what do you want? He says, I want to see. You got it. He's a God that heals. You don't need crutches with God. Peter and John going into the temple that day. The man with the cup. I imagine that cup wound up somewhere. I don't know where it wound up. But he didn't. I don't think he went back and picked that cup up. Because he didn't need that cup anymore. I'm able to do my own work now. Because God has touched my life. And made me whole. Throw your crutches away. You got too many excuses why you can keep them. Throw your crutches away. Believe God. Well, praise God. Huh. Hallelujah. It's my rock, my sword, my shield my light in my life and has become my salvation he's overthrown all of my enemies brother Moore cast them into the sea and I shall see them no more forever man I ain't got nothing to worry about 
I'm the only thing right now sent between you and dinner or fellowship. When's the last time you prayed so long and so hard it hurt? Till it became physical pain. Have you ever been to a place where prayer became physically painful? If you hadn't, you've never prayed the way that you need to pray. I'm just telling you. Something about prayer. Something about just conversation with God. I'm not saying you always have to be wallowing in the floor and just, you know, just making this, you know, I, that there's times and places for all of that, Brother Moore, I know. But I'm talking about a conversation, a true conversation with God. Genuine conversation with God. He wants that. He wants that. That's why we're, that's why there's us, a human race, because of that. Well, praise God. Thank you, Pastor. My goodness. So, I just want to be closer to him. I don't know about you. I, I want to see his power. I want to see his name magnified in the earth and his power revealed and experienced so souls can be born into the kingdom of God. You never know what God's doing. Never know what God's up to. So let's believe God. Let's just let God have his way in our lives. Let's give ourselves to him totally, wholly, completely. Brother Moore, you going to do the birthdays you want me to do them? Do them. He's, he's good at birthdays. Amen. Uh, bring a few things to your attention. First of all, we're not having service Wednesday night. I know I caused a little confusion there the other night, but I want to clear that up tonight. There's no service here Wednesday night. We're planning on trying to go to camp meeting. Camp starts. They'll put it on the screen. It'll start Wednesday night. Ron Tiller will be there and then Thursday and Friday. And uh, there's the speakers, the schedule. <clears throat> I would encourage you to go if any way possible. Uh, it'll be worth the drive and the time and fellowship to spend up there both day and night if possible. If not, well, let's be understood and we understand that. But at the same time, if there's any way you can, please go and you will be blessed. These are great ministers of the Lord and uh, can bless your soul and your heart with the word of God. Uh, don't forget that this coming Sunday and following Wednesday night, Brother Rouse, Sister Rouse and them will be with us that this coming Sunday and following Wednesday night, okay? And then the next following Sunday and Wednesday night, Brother Young, Brother Sanford will be with us. So don't forget that. Youth camp, I need to make, everybody's got registered for youth camp that's going. Need to make sure of that. Those that needed to be reimbursed, please get with me or Brother Josh and the amount. You got to give us the amount. We don't know. You're going to have to give it to us. 
and uh, to reimburse you, and we'll get that back to you. It should have done, been done, but you've got to get with us on that, okay? All right. Also, the Father-Son Banquet, which will be June the 16th. Uh, we need your name and the number of individuals. You can kind of see how it's already started up here and just follow suit. So we at least have an idea how many to order. So if you're going to invite somebody, try to get with them sometimes, maybe this week. And, and hopefully we'll find out uh, how much time we need to get this in ahead of time. So we're trying to just, you know, get ahead of the game a little bit and be prepared and uh, invite people, whatever, fathers, sons, and come and have some good fellowship and good time. This is going to be June the 16th, 7 o'clock in the fellowship hall. Going to have it right here in the fellowship hall. Okay. All right. Birthdays. Got any birthdays tonight? All right, Buddy Ford, Keith Shaw, and Savannah Berry. Good grief. Had a pile of them this week, didn't we? All right, let's sing. That's right. Let's give them a good hand tonight. Praise God. Anniversaries. Got any anniversaries? All right. Brother Chris and Sister Carla. All right. Let's sing it to them tonight. Today. Today is a day. That's right. Give them a good hand. All right. Love and appreciate you. Just would, don't we stand, ask the, God to bless the fellowship and the food. Appreciate you. Appreciate those that's prepared this tonight. God bless you. And let's ask God to bless it. Lord, we love and appreciate you tonight. So thankful for your goodness, your grace and mercy. Another opportunity to have fellowship with your brothers and sisters. We ask you to bless this food. Bless it to the nursing of our body. In Jesus' name we pray. God bless you.